down, buckle up and turn the volume to 11. This is the Auto Action Rev Limiter with Auto Action's Bruce Williams and Paul Gover and your host, Andrew Clark. Hello and welcome to the Auto Action Rev Limiter. Just days before the most intriguing supercar season kicks off at Bathurst and a week before the Formula One in Bahrain. So we've got plenty to get through today. Uh, I'd like to bring in my partners in crime, except one of them's missing. So I've just got Paul Gover and um, maybe Bruce will turn up at some point. PG, how's your day? Yeah. Well, if you like, I could give somebody a whack and pretend I'm Bruce. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about it. I, I spent the weekend at the Bathurst 12-hour. I'm going to be at the Bathurst 500. And uh, like everybody else, I was it, led by you, of course. I was hanging on Shane Van Gisbergen's every move in the USA. It was good, wasn't it? It was a, kind of an interesting day to do it in the office. So, uh, flicking, flicking between. Oh, what, what, sorry, what was that? You were watching TV in the office. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah on the computer, of course. But you know, yeah, 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 but nobody came in and said, "What are you doing in there?" There was no, none no, of that. No one ever questions me. That's the great thing about it. So I watched the whole of the uh, whole of the um, the the five hundred, and then I watched the um, I watched the Van Gisbergen race as well. So we're probably. Give him a score out of 10 for his first race. Oh, hang on. Not the ARCA race, the other one. (laughs) Yeah, no, well, the ARCA racing. It's um, it's his first super speedway. Um, I reckon he did incredibly well. I'd be saying like 8 out of 10 from – and I think he got through everything he wanted to do, which was make the the full distance of the race and learn everything. You can see – I can imagine his big brain just processing everything. It's like, oh, if I go that close to this person, it does that. And if this person does that, once he's in the pack, because you don't get that in practice and qualifying, so you need the race to get that information. So um, I reckon it's a great, great first outing for him in the on a super speedway. Next week's Atlanta, so let's see how much he learned. And what are you thinking about leading up to Super Duper Cars at Bathurst? Are you pumped or are you just fit um, or have you got Brody? Brody fatigue. No, PG. I'm truly excited about this season. I've got none of the uh, the Brody malaise or the discussion stuff. I'm I'm over that because um, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I think I've written my article in Auto Action this week, which is about who's going to fill the vacuum. You know, so we look. If you think uh, we we lost Win Cup, McLaughlin, um, Van Gisbergen, and Kostecki, there's a big hole up the top. So who's the next one? And Alan Moffat and Pete Gagan, all the ones I remember. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. There is – I don't know if there's a void. I think what there is at the moment is a whole lot of people at about the same level. And the question is what? who's going to lift from here? What was good for me, I was at Bathurst, as you know, Lots of uh, there was a few demonstration laps, and there were super duper cars running around doing parody testing. Yeah, and uh, apart from the usual, eh, he did that. Eh, he said that they seemed to be very, very close. Um, and the Delta, as the engineers talk about, and so does Neil. As you know, as as Neil Crompton also does as well, um, the Delta seems to be tiddly tiny. Um, so I'm looking forward to having a, a championship where the cars are even. Um, and where the drivers are unknown. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm loving. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident these cars are going to be pretty close. Um, you know, there, there might be a few engine mapping tweaks over the course of the season, but, um, you know, I think aero package is locked. We're not going to see any changes there, and I reckon with the wind tunnel, if they can't get that right, they've got some serious problems. So aero's right. Engines, from what I hear, the the power of work that DJR have put into that over the um, in the off-season, I'm pretty confident that they're going to be good as well. So I don't think we're going to talk parity much at all this year, and I love that fact because it means we can sit down and we can talk about you know, who is filling that void. Is it is it Cam Waters jumping up and taking on? Is Brock Feeney, who, according to our ratings, is is you know, significantly out in front of anybody else? Or is it Chaz Mostert? What about Matt Payne? You know, what's Richie Stanaway going to do? Yeah, see, that's the thing. We there's when you when you can cut it all down and get rid of all the all the BS that's been going in the off season, and we finally get to a track. There's lots to celebrate, and there's lots to be enthused about. Um, and yes, the other thing is, it's a changing of the guard. There, one of the guys who steps up now. Now, Brody arguably changed a guard last year. You know, still only in his twenties, young bloke, all of that, but it, all fairly predictable. But this year, there'll be a changing of the guard with guys, not one guy fighting. The, it's not old bull, new, young bull. There's probably six or eight guys who genuinely should win races this year. 
on speed, on merit, on ability. Yeah, and I think the thing everybody's got to keep in mind as well is that Brody Kostecki hadn't won a race before last year. Like he won his yeah. first race. And so it says to you, if you've got the right package and you've got the right, you know, you've settled into it, you've got all the right things going, you can step up and win a championship from nothing. And that means that yeah. everybody, well, almost everybody, um, can be rated as a contender. And, uh, and I love that. So we're all at zero and everybody's got a chance of being a hero this year. And, uh, you know, the, the way that Gen 3 works, everybody, you know, should be able to step up and win a race, you would think, is the theory of it. Um, practicality is obviously very different. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just to me it's it's exciting. It's much more exciting than the start of the Gen 3 era to me. Um, Gen 3 was nerves. It was like, are they going to fall apart? What's going to happen? You know, And they were on a crappy track. Yeah, exactly. Um, without being unkind. Yeah. And there was too much, a lot of sniping. The only thing that worries me is that Bathurst is not a good track for racing, particularly if you've got parity cars. I don't, I don't want to turn into a Formula Ford race where they all slipstream and so I try to be positioned four with one lap to go. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping there's good racing. I've just checked the weather forecast yes. um, and it's mid to high 20 and no rain, unlike last weekend um, at the 12 where, where, twelve hour where it absolutely tipped down. Um, so, yeah, um, it'll be fun as a journo to be trying to find out where you have to go to talk to people because the pecking order is significant because all the Ford teams forgot how to, you know, the drivers forgot to drive and the teams forgot how to be racing teams, um, which is a load of codswallop. But mm-hmm. the, the pit lane pecking order is going to be very different um, this weekend, Trying to find just trying to find your way around. You know, as you know, Andrew, you, you've got to go and find the, the, the crew. Well, there are crews that have, you know, snakes in the, uh, and some that have cake, and uh, and some that have uh, energy drinks. So you just got to, you know, got to get your supplies sorted out. Yes. Well, you know that my weather app is obviously different to yours, PG, because I've got 29 on Friday with a 44% chance of rain. I've got 25 on Saturday with a 62% chance of rain, and Sunday 28 with no rain. Yeah, I, well, I knew it was no rain on Sunday. Yeah. The way it's but the way it's been running up there over the past week is basically it's effectively no rain um, because it rains at the very end of the day. Yep. Um, it's very very tropical, tropical at the moment, so yeah. yeah, it doesn't. It's not like it tips down at ten o'clock in the morning and keeps going like some shitty suburb in London. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's so yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's, it go- what's going to happen? I have no idea. I know, and isn't it great? Yes, it is. And finally, we get to talk about that without a whole lot of other BS going on and who should be sacked and this bloke's no good. Or yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the commentary team works out. Um, hopefully, they're all energised and happy and smiling and we don't have all the talk about deltas and things and all that. And it's more about this bloke trying to belt that bloke on the back of the head. Yeah. And hopefully, Richie stirs it up a bit. Yeah. Now, we're going to get into, into it all in a second um, and go through it a little more detail, but um, did you watch the Tickford video launching their car? Yes. I reckon Tickford are doing a sensational job of building the personalities inside their team. So, uh, uh, Well, considering that nobody else is doing anything. Yeah. Um, in fact, I talked to some of the supercars people uh, on the weekend and they're di- hugely disappointed uh, that they don't get more help. Yeah. So one team with two drivers does a good job and everybody else does a shit job. Yeah. Uh, okay, the activation that Triple Eight, you know, did with the Red Bull stuff at the airport, that was fantastic and wonderful and marvellous. Um, but it did it paint the drivers in any way, personality wise? No. no. It was just lots of pretty pictures for social media. Yep. Um, you know, I want to get to know these drivers better. And 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 on the weekend during the 12 hour, I got to have better chats with a lot of them than you have during a supercars weekend because they're actually relaxed, but also there's no transporter to hide in. Or corporate things they have to go and do as an excuse uh, and all that sort of stuff. So And they're, and they're so full of it, it's running down their leg. <laughs> the, bloke who was, the bloke who was most popular at the 12 hour by a factor of 10,000. The motorcycle Valentino racer? Ro- <laughs> Valentino Rossi. He's not a motorcycle racer anymore. Mm-hmm. I asked him about that. But – I haven't seen queues like that for an autograph since Brock. Yeah. There were people waiting in line for an hour and a half to get Valentine. But the other thing about him, he was happy to do it. Yeah. He didn't sit behind a chair and look down while he was signing a name and just throw them a piece of paper. He was walking around. He was doing selfies. There's a bloke who knows how. And, of course, on the other side over in Harris Park, there was a giant transporter selling um, Valentino Rossi merchandise. 
So the thing is, there's money to be made by doing this if you yeah. if you get out there and do a good job. Now, if you can become the next superstar of, of supercars, you know, you, you'll do really well. I mean, think about Craig Lowndes had a very good living, didn't he? <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 you know? and, and and I mean, it lounge and even even Lowndes escape back in the day, yeah. you know, when they were both at HRT, because the team realised how to promote the blokes, but they also had a good range of merch. Yeah. It wasn't just oh, here's your team jacket. <laughs> yeah. you know, like I, I can remember that one year they did hats and they did a lounge hat and escape hat, and somewhere I've lost it. I actually had a half and half hat. I got them to make me a hat that was half scape and half lounge. What would that be worth today on the on the merch market? Do you reckon? Yeah, probably a little bit. Probably a little bit. Not as much as my um my um, um Marlboro hat that had been worn by Etten Senna. Can you prove it was worn by Etten Senna? Only if we do a DNA swab. Yeah, probably not going to go that right. far. But it's okay. It's not going anywhere though. So uh, all right, that's all right. Then. Now, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, we got a new gambling sponsor for the sport. I don't know how you feel about gambling, but I'm not happy. <sighs> I, I know we were trying to be upbeat, but I just want to say, bringing gambling into a sport is not a good thing. No. And, well, but having said that, uh, what's stake the Formula One team? Yeah, I know. But it's gambling. Yeah. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, look, I, I don't agree with gambling either. I don't – I occasion, very occasionally buy a lottery ticket. Australia per capita is apparently the highest in the world for gambling. Yep. And what that means, whether it's pokies or whatever, I don't know. But obviously the people who are selling these <laughs> is just – but I mean, you know, apparently energy drinks are not all that good for you. I, I think they're fantastic because it's like – it's nice – Nicer tasting than than uh, cafe, Ca- caffeine, <laughs> coffee, um, cafe, <laughs> caffeine. Um, they're always going to be looking for ways to find money. Yeah. And what a surprise that the Coca Cola sponsorship <laughs> jumped, jumped sideways and landed on the back of Thomas Randall's car and also in Super Two. Yeah, I know. You know, the funny thing about that is that people haven't quite worked out that um, you know, Monster and Coke are actually connected in this country. Yeah, it's all distributed thing. You know, it's all behind the scenes. Yeah. It's like if it's like if you dig into most things, there's so much magic. You know, there are people here who don't know that Kia and Hyundai is one company. I know, or Lexus oh, and Toyota. Those Kias, they're much better than those Hyundai's. They're built in the same factory in the same country and designed by the same people. No, no, they're not. No, no, no. <laughs> Go and drive them. You'll work it out. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we that that was my one little thing that I'm not happy with, but the rest of it I'm really looking forward to. So, what did you learn up there? Do you think did you did you get much of a chance to look at the the Camaro and the Mustang on, on the mountain, or was it just data? I went and had a talk to them. They were all basically there were there. Will Brown was driving and and Brock was driving. Will Brown had a bit of a chat to me, and he said he can't tell much difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Anton was a bit. He didn't want to talk to anybody really um, and basically um, he said he couldn't tell any difference and I guess that's good. And the most important the most important news, you won't believe this, Timmy Edwards, our old mate Teddy, <laughs> has brought his own coffee machine to supercars. Has he? <laughs> <laughs> that was the most important thing. We, we were talking, I said, how'd you go with your caravan? Uh, sold the caravan, made a profit. <laughs> yes. So uh, he's bought a house up on the Golden Coast. Yes. Um, which he says is nowhere near where the drivers live. No. Um, and uh, But he's bought a coffee machine. Um, <laughs> basically, they weren't doing huge speed runs and they didn't run the cars together. I thought they might have run them around side by side photographically to cheer the crowd up or yep. whatever. But it was, they did run them with significant separation. Yep. Um, and they also separated them from the Ford Superman electric truck and also the unlimited Mercedes-Benz that was also up there. Oh, okay. So it wasn't they drove around in a pack or anything. It was the super truck, was it fast? It didn't do a lap time. <laughs> Apart from, no, no. They couldn't find anywhere on it where the electronics and all the gubbins and stuff didn't interfere with the, with the actual transponder. Okay. But I can give you one snippet, listeners, yep. viewers, readers, whatever you want to call them. So what is your understanding of a top speed at, at, at Eastern Creek for a supercar? Uh, about 265, 270? No, it's not that fast. It's about 250. No, it's 250, between 250 and 260. Oh, the Formula Brabham used to do 265, yeah, yeah. so yes, yeah, about 250, I would say. So what yeah. do you reckon the super truck did, the electric battery thing? At Eastern Creek? Brick wall. What? At Eastern Creek? Yeah. Oh, I reckon it will be 20 k's faster in a straight line. 315. Far out. <laughs> 
<laughs> so what's it going to do at Bathurst this weekend? I have no idea, but I can ah. tell you they've got they were air freighting extra parts out, suspension parts to get it handling yeah. well because Roman Dumas it's so fast. And and the other number is from the expo exit of the elbow, Forest Elbow. You know, yep. there's a little kink as you go into yep. Conrod. Yeah. Yep. It was doing 265 by the time it went past the king. It's astronomical. And when it came up the pit straight, at one time it did a full, They because uh, they were outside the circuit, they weren't actually in the garages. So they're coming on at, at, the cor- at Murray's Corner and then driving up. It sounded like the world's loudest, most demented slot car. But the other <laughs> noise is just the wind rush you get. The wind yeah. flowing over it, you know, you know when you're, well, you probably don't know. Do you ride motorbikes? The the sort of noise yeah, you, that you get in your ears from riding motorbikes yeah. is like that to the times ten. So oh, wow. that'll be something else for people to watch, and uh, yeah. there won't be any parody arguments about that thing. Let me tell you. No, excellent. It's good to. I mean, yeah, I was quite keen to see how that was going because um, hopefully they weren't holding it back like they did the Red Bull Formula One car. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to see a good thing. Now, let's get on to it. The big season preview. Um, Brock Feeney is our highest rated driver. Um, why did Why did you rate him so high? I just think that he's in a happy place. Um, drivers. Uh, every driver has has a place where they're happy. Davey Reynolds is happy when he's all bubbly and bright and sparky and cheerful and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, Scaife was happy when he used to have somebody to murder, usually his own teammate um, or his mate Marcus Ambrose. You know, there's some people who thrive in that sort of situation. When you get to understand the people, the thing about Brock is he just looks like an assassin. He's there to yeah. do a job. He's very calm. He's very quiet. Now, until we know how the Mustang compares, because I think the Mustang had an advantage over the Camaro at the end of last year after they had that fiddle. Yep. Um, obviously, Chassis Mostert is is on good form and Cam Waters is on good form. Um, but the other thing is neither of those guys has mounted a championship challenge in recent years, whereas Triple Eight has. And if you look at it, um, um, you know, Brock could have been a contender last year. Yeah, he faded out a little bit towards the end. So interestingly, so in our breakdown, because we um we won't go into the full details as to how it's worked out because I don't want to give away my trade secrets. Um, but um, Cam Waters rated higher as a driver on our ratings than Brock Feeney, but the power of Triple Eight over Tickford pushed Brock Feeney in front in the overall ratings. So uh, yeah. um, we obviously very highly rate. Um, that team, as you, you'd have to be stupid yeah. not to. I mean, yeah, look at their last right. two decades. It's the most successful team in Australian motor racing history. Yeah, well, um, I, had so- to to, yeah. I had to talk to Rod Nash on the weekend. He said it it has been a much bigger change than you would think, scaling back from four cars to two. It's about the culture. You know, they've got a new manager in there running the place. The culture's different. The people are different. There's yeah. a lot of change at Tickford, even though you think, oh, well, they've got the same two drivers they had last year and they've got Mustang. But the actual culture is very, very different. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they operate as a team this year. Yeah, and I think that's been the unknown is, is what are we actually going to get from Tickford? Because in the past, you know, they've been great at snatching. Def- oh, they found new and exciting yeah. ways to lose races. Uh, I've never, <laughs> you, know, I, you don't often see cars coming into the pit lane at Bathurst with the boot on fire. <laughs> Although they have quite found other ways to set them on fire in, in more recent times. Yeah, no, they, uh, they're pretty good at finding different ways to do things. But anyway, let's hope that the uh, that going to two cars is a is a sharper thing. So they'll hopefully it'll take a little adjusting maybe, but um, I reckon they'll be on the pace pretty quickly, So, uh, which is why when we get to our who's going to win the championship, which is why I tip Tech and Waters to be the champion this year. But, um, yes, so next on the ratings, so we had Brock Feeney and Cam Waters. They were out front. Um, and then we had Will Brown, Chaz Mostert, Matthew Payne, and Dave Reynolds were our next ones in terms of the ratings, which I thought was Dave so Reynolds. Was the question, every single one of those got a question mark against them. You know, yeah. what are they going to deliver in a championship level team? But different yeah. blokes in different teams, different blokes stepping up, blah, blah, blah. Every single one of them has a question mark against it. Yep. Anton Di Pasquale was next. And, well, um, i got a question mark against him because he seems yep. to have completely lost the plot last year. He just doesn't seem happy. Um, when he's happy, no. he's he's terrific, but he hasn't seemed happy for a long time. Yeah. And then my um, my my tip, I'm the only one who tipped this bloke to finish in the top three, but um, Jack LeBrock is next in the rating. So really? I'm actually yeah, I'm expecting a big really? year from Jack LeBrock. Yep. Yep, absolutely. We should have a side bet. 
Yeah. So you think the wheels will fall off the Erebus wagon? Uh, I don't know how, how he'll cope with Erebus and how they'll cope with Again, here's another question mark, right? You go, yeah. oh, well, it should be plug and play. They won the championship, blah, blah, blah. But will it be? Don't know. Again, right. question marks. Now, Jack's a good driver. Is he a great driver? I don't think so. We don't know yet. Bloke. I like talking to him. Yeah. But, but would, well, I I think, talk, yeah. would I bet my life on him? Yeah, probably yeah. not. No? Well, that's interesting because that's one of the changes I'm going to make to the ratings when we do our mid-season is um, we're going to put the drive for my, drive for your life factor into it for, for the mid-season, and I think that'll shuffle it up a little bit. Anyway, Thomas Randall Rand- and Andre Heimgartner rounded down the top 10 for us, so I thought an interesting set of numbers. Um, but you know, none of them talk that X factor, you know. So who, who do you reckon is going to jump up and surprise the living daylights out of us this year? I'm hoping, hoping, hoping. It's Richie Stanaway because yeah. the bloke's actually got a personality. He's a bit of an evil bastard. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, everybody wants to be the nice guy, you know. We just need somebody. Yeah, you know, and Brock Feeney's got that covered because he is a nice guy, you know, and his yeah. parents are lovely and all that. But we need somebody who stirs the pot. Mm. You know, so how do you think Triple H going to cope though, with two nice guys in the team? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, with happy, smiley Will Brown and, and Brock Feeney instead of... two happy blokes. Have you heard of Lowndes and Winkup? Well, Winkup was never that happy. No, he's just, no, just vanilla, that's all. There's a difference <laughs> between being vanilla and being happy or unhappy. Um, no, yeah, no, no, they... Well, they've had some grumpy people in that team. I mean, just ask Roland Dane. Oh, sorry. I mean, it is Roland Dane, isn't it, really, when you come right down to it. Uh, exactly. He set the pattern. I mean, he, you know... Top and, down, isn't it? It's from the top down. All right, so give me your one, two, three in the championship. I can't remember. What if they're different to the ones I said? Well, that'll be interesting in itself, won't it? Well, I, I went Brock Feeney, Brock Feeney, Brock Feeney. There you go, just for first. Um, I think that, you know, Cam Waters will be really, really good. And um, and, and look, I struggle with a, with a three because I think those two should be clearly the red and blue heroes. Um, Tassie Mostert's the sort of un, is a, is an unknown as well. WAU have been okay in recent years, but not great. And they've also got a young bloke in there, and who knows what sort of trouble he's going to create. Yes. So, do you want to know who you said? No, I knew who I said. <laughs> who was third? Yeah, Chaz. Chaz. Correct. That's exactly what Look you at said. That. How about that? I managed to get my own answer correct. Woo-hoo. That's not bad for an old bloke. Yeah. What day is it? Where's Bruce, by the way? We've been Bruce. waiting for Bruce all night. This is two weeks in a row without Bruce. I think he's right I think he's looking to move us up. He's I, I think you note from him saying, don't forget that we have to talk about Cameron McLeod. Um, yeah. In the Coke deal, because obviously that's a big deal for Cam. He's a young guy. We've been talking him up a lot. But, yeah, yes. Bruce has had all sorts of problems this week, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Anyway, but before we get on to Cam McLeod, who's your Smokey? Is it just Richie Stanaway? Yeah, Richie Stanaway's my Smokey. Smokey or hopeful? I think it's both. I'm hopeful, yeah. but I think he definitely can be the Smokey. And uh, if he stirs things up, there might be a bit of smoke coming out of blokes' ears and things. I'd love – when was the last time we had a proper stewards hearing where a couple of blokes got sent up, you know, yeah. not, not you know, oh, you know, he's got to drive through or 10-second penalty. You know, like, no, report to the headmaster <laughs> and prepare to be in trouble. Yes, it'd be good to see that again, wouldn't it? My Smokey's Matt Payne. I think he's going to. Um, I think he's a champion in, in, in waiting. But he's another New year. Zealander. You can't give him. It was so yeah. stand away. Yeah, I know. That's the problem, isn't it? Like it's become yeah. the New Zealand Touring Car Championship. Well, it certainly did for a while, and it will right, again now. this year. Yeah, so let's let's do the Cam McLeod stuff. The Coca Cola money going to him. He's running a um, not a premier car so much. Oh, sorry, he's running a premier car, but not as a premier. Supercar, Super 2 team. So it's a, it's a bit of an unusual operation because I think that um, Peter Jaberis just doesn't want to admit that he's running a Super 2 team. Well, I think Peter's, Peter Peter X is uh, very careful to be looking to move his main game team forward this year. Um, yeah. And I think he doesn't want anything that's going to change the focus. I think it's more like – I think that's more the case. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it's a really good deal for Cam McLeod. Um, obviously, it gives him good sponsorship to run the season. Um, we know he's incredibly talented. Um, we've seen everything he's done in every car that he's raced and so forth. Um, was he the Mike Cable, what do they call it, the Young Gun Award or something? Yep, um, yep, yep. Yep, the Mike Cable yeah. Young Gun Award, named after uh, one of my mentors who worked at the Australian newspaper for a very, very long time. 
Yeah, so if he's one of your mentors, it must have been a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, back in 1870. Yep, yep, yeah, good away you go. If you're not careful, I'll kill, pull out uh, Bruce's whacker paddle and give you one. <laughs> so do you think, Matt, do you think he's starting the um, Super 2 Championship as the favourite? I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. He's got momentum. Um, most of the other, super, you know, Super 2 is always a bit of a problem um, because you don't know where the cars are going to be. Um, yeah. And also you get like like there's a Zach Bates, you know, who last year was completely overshadowed by his teammate at WAU um, because he's careful about banging up the car. Um, yeah. And also his teammate, you know, was always, he, he, you know, he's jumped straight into the main game off the back of it. So I think he knows he's got to do some stuff. But it always takes a little while to shake out who's comfortable and which teams are going well in the Super 2 Series. Yeah, cool. All right, well, I think that'll do us for Supercars because um, we've been talking for a little bit, in fact, with a lot of time about it. So uh, yep. we'll wrap up the Supercars. I am excited. I really am truly excited about the start of this season and I hope they don't let me down. Me too. Because otherwise there'll be some severe whacking going on. Yeah, well, yes. Let's have a quick break. So, viewers, the Chicago Street Race is coming, and trust me, it's a weekend well worth the effort. But rather than planning it all and running around and booking flights and accommodation and hire cars and whatever else is needed, why not just join the Gilligan's Tour? So, if you want to watch Shane Van Gisbergen defend his inaugural title and try to add the Xfinity race as well this year, there is a very easy way to do it. And who knows, I might even join in as well. But as well as the getting the race in and the two-day pass with reserved seats to catch all the action, the team at Gilligan's have lined up a short Route 66 tour as well, taking in the first 100 miles of the famous road with an overnight stay in Pontiac, Illinois. And you'll also be in Chicago for the July 4th Independence Day celebrations. All up, it's a 10-day tour to the Windy City, leaving Australia or New Zealand on the 3rd of July with accommodation at the Congress Plaza Hotel on South Michigan, right on the edge of the track. So if you want to join the tour, go to Gilligan's Route 66 com to book a place now. But don't wait long because spots are limited. <clears throat> All right, PG, you were at the 12 hour, so tell me about Matt Campbell's win up there for the Porsche. Um, you tipped it. Yeah. You didn't know did. he was going to win. And yep, I, yep. Thought, yeah, I thought Mercedes would win, but because uh, well, there was a million of them, I thought one of them could surely win. I think. Uh, I mean, we talk about parity. They have a thing called balance of performance. Um, from early in the week, people were telling me that the BMW and the Porsche were the cars to beat. Um, the Mercedes-Benz had a bit of a break. But but at the end of the day, what I liked about it, well, Matt Campbell won. He's an Aussie. He's a bloody legend. He's a top bloke. He's a, He really is a top bloke. And he can drive. You know, um, he, he's one of those people, they put him in the car and he just, the last time he made a mistake was probably at Bathurst driving a supercar in the rain, locked up the front wheels at Murray's and went ahead, not, you know, unfamiliar and all that. But you watch him, I've talked to the Porsche management, they just say he's a, a safe pair of hands. Um, you know, and apart from anything else. love it. For, I mean, they I love him, don't they? Porsche loves him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other thing and is, I think, that, I think that yeah. 911 was the best-looking car out there too. I mean, I love the Benzes. I love the sound of them. They're like a whole bunch of – it's like a uh, battlefield with a whole lot of Panzers going past, you know, <laughs> rough and grumbly and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, the BMWs, I think the BMW probably would have been more of a threat if they hadn't lost their, you know, one of their two cars very early on in the piece. Actually, everybody was going, ah, oh, that's what happened when Neville Crichton and Larry Perkins crashed back in the day. Um, so it's not the first time somebody been up on the concrete wall there. Um, no, we remember Ambrose and Murph. Oh, they the get up, no, they can get up on top of the wall like that. I mean, that thing was skidding along the top like a wow. kid. Yeah. I think there's some name for it when you're skateboarding and you go over the, you know, the, the railing. <laughs> it, it was one yes. of those. It was yeah. looked pretty ugly there for a second. Uh, and the other thing is we, we talk about the fact that who's going to do what, you know, in the super-duper cars, but the thing about it is you walk up and down a pit lane, there are a whole lot of people with strange names that you've never seen or heard of before, apart from Valentino yeah, Rossi, and yeah. suddenly you look at them. Bloody hell, those blokes are fast. And yeah. the other thing is, somebody said to me, mm, these guys, they seem to be pretty good. I said, every one of them is an F1 driver. And they said, what do yeah. you mean? I said, if you track back, all of the there's Marcello, I think it is, has won Macau three times, the Formula yeah. 3 race. They're like their lead. And the other thing is, our blokes reckon they're fit. Let me tell you, you look at those blokes and they're F1 fit. And the other thing is, they're racing 
in the sandpit two weeks ago, a week ago, sorry, in uh, in where was it, Abu Dhabi, yep. here for the 12 hour. And I said, oh, you're going to hang around and watch the supercars. And they went, no, we have to be Qatar next week. You know what I mean? This is like they are full-on, full-time professionals, um, and that's what I like. The cars are always going fast. Okay, we have Pro-Am and all that, and you've got blokes like, you know, Lounsey, you know, in his dotage going out and still doing a pretty good job. But, yeah, I find it – I found it really interesting. I like watching the up and down. There are a whole lot of um, – people who know a lot more about that category than me complaining about compulsory pit stop lengths and how many laps you're allowed to do before you change out and, you know, all this other minutia. But at the end of the day, was the last hour great? Oh, yeah. And yeah. was it artificial? Well, yeah, The but the nuffer who caused it, he'd been in yeah. all day. It wasn't like they paid him to go and do it. But, yeah. yeah, it was a good race. It was backwards and forwards and the cars look different, sound different, and they have strengths and different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and that's what I don't like about parity racing um, is that you, if you've got every car doing the same lap time, generating its speed in the same way, overtaking is a hard thing. But if one car's faster in a straight line and the other one's quicker in the corners, you get great racing. And I used to, that's why I love Group A yeah. back in the old days. I mean, most people listening well, to this. You know, those of us who can remember watching Tony, Tony, Tony Longhurst in an M3 overtaking Godzilla GDR at Lakeside, outbreaking yeah. and then getting out dragged up straight, and then outbreaking and getting dragged up straight. Yeah, you're right. It was great. I loved it. But, and that's that's what the 12 hour and GT3 racing in particular can give to me. So I know you've got an interesting story in this week's edition, which we will tease to, but you had a good chat with Jamie Wincup about the possible future and uh, yeah, whether yeah, supercars should go well, GT3. Interesting. I think, I think he may have taken his, I think he definitely took his supercars hat off because he was yeah. in a safe environment chatting to people on the inside and there just happened to be a journalist sitting there making notes. So I'm, I'm expecting him to say, oh, I didn't well, I, I didn't mean that. Um, but yeah, you know, he said it. You, know, yeah. you can't unsay it. Um, yeah. so, and the thing about it is when you look at, you know, supercars and, you know, what's the future, um, I think we've got a couple of good strong years of the racing and stuff. But look at the Le Mans, the Le Mans entry list came out today. I know, it's great, isn't cars, it? nine manufacturers in the outright category, which is hypercar. Um, but then if you look at the GD3 entry, which is effectively the, now the same category, it used to be different, it's now pretty much the same, it's just got a stupid name. But yes. like, the field is fantastic. And and yeah. by the time they come back for the 12-hour next year, we'll have Ford running Mustangs, we'll have Ferrari, and likely we'll have a, a couple of other manufacturers. You know, Aston Martin have just launched their new GD3 car. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because people are interested and it's not just bogans on the hill. Yeah, so well, we were going to come to Le Mans in a minute because I did have that down, but in the GT3 class up there is Aston Martin, BMW, Ford, Ferrari, McLaren, Lamborghini, Lexus and Chevrolet. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. you know. And, and if so you no, have- not one Mercedes. Pardon? Not one Mercedes in the Le Mans. Oh, that's probably that's because they probably just they didn't like them and didn't embark. They are the French. And no Porsche. Yeah. Well, that's because well Porsche's in the outright category. Yeah. So let alone another two in. Like the field is just going to be massively diverse, and and it's going to be good. It's going to be great I to watch. They get, need to get rid of those LMP two cars shit boxes. Yeah. Um, well, they're all Oricas, and it just feels a bit irrelevant, well, they doesn't all look it? The same. They yeah, all sound the same. They'll do the same. Like, piss them off. Piss them. The yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, the reason they're there is very simple. Yeah, you and I, if we had a half a chance, you could probably race one. Um, yeah. You know. Um, I think they're just there to pat out the field until the GT3 and hypercars completely yeah. take over. I think you're probably not wrong. Yeah. And the hypercars, so we while we're on the mind, we might as well do it. There's Porsche, Toyota, Isotta, BMW, Lamborghini, Alpine, Ferrari, Peugeot, and Cadillac. Like, it's just amazing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 you know, and they've already had one hit out at Daytona yeah. and it was, you know, went down to the last lap, well, the minus yeah. one last lap, um, yeah. you know, and the Cadillac was competitive there. The Cadillac did pretty well at Le Mans last year. Um, the Porsche, they've done a lot of work on that. No, yeah. it'll, it, it'll be another epic year. You need to get yourself over there. Forget about this silly NASCAR business. I was going to say, who's taking you over there this year and have they got a seat for me? Oh, I've already <laughs> been lobbying, um, but uh, no. I'm, I'm, no, sorry, until I've got a seat and the music stops, we'll see where you end up. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd love to go. Like, it's one of the races on my tick box list. So uh, yep. I'll get there one year. It's just got to be at the right particular time. Anyway, back to the um, twelve hour for a second. Uh, one of my little notes that I took from the weekend is that is Dave Reynolds battling a Bathurst curse with pit lane penalties? Uh, it wasn't the only one though. The Porsche got pit yeah. lane. Yeah, I think yeah. there were a lot of pit lane penalties for stupid niggly things. You know, like yeah. running over the blend line on the way out. Yeah. You know, there are a few people got pinged for that. <laughs> but other yeah, things like not going through the pit lane on a restart because one yeah. of the things they do is they get all the slow nuffers out of the way by making them drive through the pit lane to let the racers get away and then they let them yeah. peel in afterwards. So, Yeah, but that lucky dog rule when they were running it as well, I mean, that was um, crazy because they let the whole field through and then two or three laps later the, um, the faster cars are trying to feed their way through it. So if you're trying to get them out of the way to make the racing – Interesting. Well, different things. See, yeah. Lucky Dog's trying to help people get around, but the yeah. but the other thing is a different. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. There's a lot of complication in their rule book because obviously lots of differences between the cars. They also had a compulsory minimum pit stop length, yeah. which is just yeah, eighty five seconds. Crazy. Yeah, it's just bullshit. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, where's yeah. you imagine? Imagine saying the NASCAR blokes. You know, all those linebackers that run around and throw <laughs> wheels around like they're throwing lollipops at each other. Right? Okay, yeah. eighty five seconds. What? We just did it in four. What are we going to sit here for another eighty two seconds? You know, <laughs> exactly. It's part of the it's part of the attraction. I reckon of yeah. endurance racing is who can do the best job in the yep. pit lane. Yeah, and can I save fuel and shorten my pit stop thing? Like, can I bring strategy into play and yeah, make correct. the thing interesting? And that's what um, that's like the fuel, minimum fuel drop and things just ruins race strategy. So, yeah, it's yeah. because the engineers get in control. Yeah, I think take it right away. Um, is twelve hours either half a race or twice a race? Is it a good length? Yeah, I think it is because the thing about it is these days you've got to remember when I was a young bloke. The Bathurst one thousand started much much earlier and still yeah, running to the news. Right? Yeah. Well, because it's now sprint with really fast cars, it's over pretty fast, relatively spe- I mean, it's always boring in the middle of the day, isn't it, Clarky? Yeah. Honestly. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good yeah. queue down at the Dunnies and the coffee shop. Um, yeah, until Bruce's, until Bruce's quarter time, half time, three quarter time system yeah. comes into play. Yeah, but I mean, they're never going to do that because they won't know how to work it out. But the thing, no about it is, the good thing about the 12 hour is it starts in the dark. So you get up really early and it's exciting. You keep, you know, you keep pumped up till about 10 o'clock or so, just just with the excitement of the thing. And then the race, yes, it was a bit quiet in the middle, but we had a few, you know, there was a few things going on because let's be honest, when you get quite a lot of cars with four drivers in them, obviously the number four driver is probably not as good as your number one driver. And the number one driver in that car is probably not as good as the number four driver in the midfield car. So there's always going to be a bit of stuff, you know, stirring up, stirring up the pot, you know, throwing a bit of Mm. kale in there or some chop chips or something. Um, It feels like Bathurst of old, doesn't it, when, you know, the the dream was to drive at Bathurst and you could because there were 60 cars on the grid. Yeah, correct. Now there's only 27 or 28 if they allow, depending on how many wild cards they allow. It doesn't have the same thing to it. But, you know, you can get an invitational class, you can be a pro-am, you can do all those things. I think it's it's great to kind of see that happening in there. And uh, I think that – was there. Deal or no deal? (laughs) Yes, they had all those jugs rolling in. I know, but Um, the thing about it is, you know, like he can drive in that. He's not going to get back into supercars. He had a half a shot. At it, it didn't work. Um, but yeah, that's the other thing. You know, Lukey Yulden's there looking fitter than I've ever seen him. He's obviously an angry man, you know, and he did a good job. Dave Russell, who maybe some people were suggesting to me at Bathurst, Dave Russell should be the bloke in the Erebus car this weekend because he has a very strong proven record at Bathurst. But you know, Dave Russell says some really good guys there, and you know, David Wall. He yep. and I were having to talk about mountain bike suspension. There you go. That's that's news for <laughs> How to set up my son's mountain bike to make him go faster. Okay. Now the other question that came up on the weekend is that you know, given the length of the twelve hour, etc., is that um, and your comment before about how quick the one thousand is. Um, do we need to make the one thousand a fifteen hundred? No, it doesn't have the no. same. No, unfortunately, it doesn't have the same cachet about it. I'll make it a thousand miles then. Yeah, that'd be better. Yes. Well, didn't we have one of those, the race of a thousand something or others in Adelaide one year? Yeah, we did, yes. Um, Now, my last one before we get off the 12 hour is the commentators really have to smile at the end of every cross. I have no idea what (laughs) they do. And then they go, look at the camera and go, yeah, but that's but that's the same. If you watch the news every night, they do what's thing called noddies. You know, you see yeah. them with a the microphone, they go, mm, as if they're listening. That's called yeah. noddies, and they film them after the interview. 
Yes, I know. I've, I've been in oh, many. You've been a noddy, sh- have you? I've done the odd noddy myself. Yeah, no, uh, I've been in many a shoot with uh, with them. Yeah, um, but nobody right. gets threatened anymore. You know, like I can remember yeah. when I one year I worked in the pit lane, I got in big trouble. Yeah. A couple of people for asking questions they didn't like and and, and no. stuff. <laughs> you know. All right, a couple of other things we want to get through quickly because we're yep. starting to run out of time. Formula One. Um, Quite big changes at Mercedes, like it's got a double suspension front end, eh? That's pretty pretty novel. Can you tell? Can you tell by looking at it? No. Well, well, well when you look at you know, well, oh. when they pull the extra arm off and we don't know which one they're keeping, I think that's the trick to it. It's yeah, yeah, a yeah, bit but, of a smokescreen. But, but all don't. anybody really wants to know is they want to get somebody. Let's call him Jeremy Moore because he's a good engineer and he knows. Yep. You know, done been to Le Mans a few times. Tell me what they're doing with the Red Bull. Yeah, you know, like. It, it looks different to what it has yeah. done. Everybody else has gone with that. You know, it's one of those things. They've gone when where where Rebel used to be, and Rebel's yeah. now gone somewhere else. So, oh, no, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see which car gets binned after three races. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. we're already changing our focus to next year's car. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think there's lots of changes at Mercedes, and I'm I'm quite hopeful that they're going to have a have a good year. Um, Red Bull have taken on some of Mercedes' aerodynamics things from last year, which kind of confuses me a little bit. Why you would be the best? Well, you wouldn't. But yet there may be something. The thing about it is, they spend a lot of money researching each other's cars, yeah. and through and yeah. and the the time they have the most time to do it with wind tunnel testing and and fluid dynamics and stuff is before the season starts. So they might have looked at that something on another car halfway through last year, yeah. but run out of development wind tunnel, you know, because they will have an allowance. So they yeah. might have just gone right, okay, let's put all this shit in the wind tunnel and throw it at it before the start of the year and just see if anything actually makes a difference. Yeah. All right, so there's pre-season testing in Bahrain this week and the racing is the weekend after, so we've got to wait a little bit. Um, beautifully timed for us. 2, 2 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon is the race. Sensational. I don't know how I'm going to cope. The first four races of the year in Formula 1 are all Sunday afternoon for us. It's good. Yeah, somebody be <laughs> complaining though. Oh, I don't know who be complaining. All the Melbourne people who want to go and watch their AFL footy. Uh, no, it doesn't clash with any of my Hawthorne games. I'm all right with that. <laughs> well, and, you know, and the and the NRL isn't that great. The the National Rugby League is going to start in Las Vegas. Can you imagine? I know. Let's take supercars to Las Vegas because that makes a lot of sense too, doesn't it? Yes. Well, we will get to a couple of questions. I got a little bit later. All right. So, um, tell me, what do you think? Who's your top three for the season? Max Verstappen, somebody else, and somebody else. <laughs> I think well, I think he's he's out of control. Good. Um, I'd like to think that um, I, one of the I, I think Leclerc will probably be the next bloke, and who else in third? One of the two Mercedes drivers. Um, but but yeah. that'll be a tussle through the year. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm going for a Hamilton Russell one two in the championship with Verstappen third. That's another thing we need to have a ten dollars side bet on. Although we're not <laughs> encouraging betting, and we don't uh, we don't like it for supercars. But yeah, no, we don't. We'll 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 gamble with a uh, can of Monster or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. provided by uh, oh Tickford. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> provided by Tickford, exactly. Now we were going to do Le Mans, but we've already done that. Entries are closed. We talked about that. Um, your little pet thing, the WRC in Sweden. Yes, Pekka Lappi won the race. It's a picker. EP, EP, everybody calls him. He's a ripper bloke. He drove really, really well. It's been six years, I think, since he won his first win. Six years and a bit since his first win. But strangely, he didn't come away with the most points. Alfred Evans came away with the most points from the weekend. Yeah, they've got a – here's another thing, another stupid cocked-up thing to try and put some interest in by putting weird points in it. Elfant looked disgusting. He was terrible all weekend, got outpaced and gets the most points. Where is the reward for that? Um, what was interesting, a lot of the Rally 2 cars, which is a one step down – well, it's actually a long way down, but the Rally 2 cars went really, really well, and I thought that was great. It also – hopefully the TV coverage, once it gets to us properly will show those cars instead of just rally one cars. But the other the other thing about it is those cars are just stupid fast now, like yeah. stupid, stupid fast. And I don't see any talent difference in the drivers. Just can you hold your foot, foot flat for the longest? Um, yeah. Because these days basically what they do is they all videotape what they, when they go and do. They're allowed two runs over stages to make pace notes. That's fine. But then they all run a video camera, so they'll sit up till 11 o'clock at night watching the video, and what they're actually doing is qualifying for a race. It's not a rally anymore. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Um, speaking of um of the classes, W uh, the um what do they call it? WRC three. Yep. Two Aussies. Yeah. Ben Taylor, well, no. and Daniel Burkick, and Peter Rulo and Ben Cersei ran ben, two different ben, cars. Rulo is actually driving in Rally Two. Um, was he? He's been de- doing a bit of rallying in Australia with Alex, his son, um, and and he's for his age, like he's not as old as me, but he's probably you know he's pretty handy. Taylor Gill ha- is very fast, but. Um, had a puncher, and that sort of cruel yeah. his chances. But yeah, yeah, it was seventh in his class, which is not bad, I reckon. And um, no, it's only six Rulo. short of where you want to be. But yeah, I know, but that's all right. No, no, it's not. If you're trying to, if you're trying to get a career over there, you need to beat the best guys on their home rallies. And trying to beat uh-huh. the, you know, the Finns and the Swedes and Norwegians on snow is going to be pretty hard. But I think the biggest problem with him was just that he had flat tire. Yeah, there you go. Well, flat tires don't go very really well with car racing, do they? No, not usually. Okay. Now, Daytona. The 500 was on. Yep. Did you watch it? I watched some of it, yes. <laughs> um, I Look, I, I'm quite – it's a bit like you with basketball. You watch the last two minutes. I watch the last 10 laps of Daytona because, I, you know, I, I can't be bothered with all the chess moves up till then. I just want to see when they're all flat out and they don't care. It's either bin it or win it. That's what yeah. I want to watch. And, and it looked pretty good. Yeah, the battle between Chastain and Logano I thought was interesting. You could see it was coming for disaster. They couldn't use well, it. Well, I think they hate each other, don't they? they, were, they I just... think everybody hates Ross Chastain, but um, that's just another point. But um, he was blocking. Chastain was blocking. Logano was so fast. I mean, he came yeah. from about ninth and um, and got himself up to, up into second and just could not get past um, Chastain. Could not get past Chastain. And then, of course, it all went belly up when Kozlowski got into it as well and they were – three wide and then Byron came into it and got a little tap from Bauman and bang around they went and it's what they call in NASCAR the big one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all but Daytona, it's a bit like Australia. Do you want to win the championship or do you want to win Daytona? And and most blokes would tell you they'd rather win Daytona. But that's why I love starting the season with your biggest race of the year. I'd, you know, I, I wouldn't see anything wrong with starting at Bathurst well, 1000. the good thing is you have the biggest race of the year and then you have the championship at the end, so it works out. So it becomes a win-win. Yeah. Or, no. or in mo- case of most of them, a lose-lose. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah and the more I think about it, um, it's just I don't know about running a Bathurst 1000 at this, you know, this time of the year when it could be potentially 40 degrees and stuff. Right, back at the air conditioning. Um, so Ross Chastain eventually crashed out on the final lap and William Byron won. So first yes. float through to the playoffs. Oh, God. I knew you were going to bring that up. I've been We're trying to, to watch the Net- Netflix documentary, but I can't get into it because it's too yeah. – because instead of starting at Daytona and telling what the season's about, it starts two-thirds of the way through the year and assumes too much knowledge that you know who these blokes are and where they live and how many kids. You know, they need to start back at basics and go, okay, if you don't know anything about NASCAR, this is where it started. You know, people driving around in old moonshine mobiles and that sort of stuff. They could have done a good job, couldn't they? But they didn't. No. I'm, I'm with you. I've been struggling to get into it. So anyway, anyway. So uh, William Byron ran, ran, ran that. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen. We're all all looking forward to that um, crash early in the Arkham Menard series race. So he didn't get much in, but he only just got into qualifying. Um, because he missed the train, <laughs> he didn't quite get into the train to get the uh, to get the tow. But uh, yeah, he's looking forward to a few good races there. But the Xfinity race was this um, was yesterday afternoon. Yep. Um, delayed all the way through from storms and everything, and um, he made it all the way to the end, which I thought was a pretty good effort. Look, any time you can do that is a good effort. And if you look at Ambrose when he was over there, you know, and he started off in truck racing, which is two mm-hmm. levels down. Um, yeah. You know, he, he – and Marcus is – let's not forget, Marcus is one of the most focused individuals I've ever met in touring car racing in Australia, but it took him a long time. Um, the yeah. difference is I think that Shane's got a, you know, very good package around him. I haven't met his spotter yet, but I'm sure you're going to do an in-depth and personal interview with the spotter at some time this year. But, yeah, I think any time you can go over and play in somebody else's sandpit and look like, not look like a complete goose, you're having a win. Yeah, well, he thought he was going to – he dropped back a little bit at the start, which I think was him just learning because yeah. he gets, I get to see his big brain working away and thinking, oh, that car comes that close to me, the car does this, and when that one does this, and, and so yeah. I can see he'll be sitting around now, right now, um, he'll be sitting there processing. He'll be thinking what had happened, what happened, what happened. Uh, by the time he hits the track for Atlanta this weekend, he'll be um, he'll be a much better driver again. Oh, I don't think he'll be a much better driver. He'll be he's oh, a good he'll driver. Be. It's not about driving. It's about the tactics and the understanding. Oh. It's, yeah, it's all the rest of the stuff. And, better he in that be, car. and he won't be much better. 
because somebody else – so, so far he's been kicked in the bum, somebody else is going to kick him in the nuts, and then eventually somebody's going to punch him in the sh- – you know, it'll be a moving feast all year. It'll take him yeah. a year to learn all the moves. And then as soon as he gets up with the big blokes, they'll have a different set of moves. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, so he was involved in a few incidents and incidents. Yeah. Um, but as I say, he made it to the chicken flag in twelfth, which was, um, I reckon, um, you know, is a really, really good yeah, outcome it's a good for him. Result. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah get all and they all knew who he was. Whereas when he went to what's called the Andrew Clark Five Hundred in Chicago, nobody <laughs> knew who he was. Right. So they didn't know how to deal with him. Now they know who he is, and that yeah. changes everything. Yeah, I still remember sitting in a lift with a couple of the drivers going up to the media centre saying, wait till we get him out onto Darlington. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which was interesting. That's what I'm going to this year. I'm going to Darlington, so I think that'll be a bit of fun. And I'll be going to Le Mans. And I'll see you, Darlington, and raise you Le Mans. Yeah, no, but hopefully I'll get to Le Mans as well. Once you've you've done your wrangling, you can wrangle for me. Okay, I think Bruce is in the line before you. (laughs) No, Bruce is always behind. He yep. doesn't write like I do. Well, Bruce also has to has to make all the numbers add up and look after his new investor yeah. and the new plan and all that stuff to get better down. He does. Yes, exactly. Well, I reckon that's enough for us today, PG. Um, yep, pity Bruce couldn't join us. But, um, I reckon he would have been in a very cranky mood if we got him anyway, so it's yep. probably good we didn't get him. Um, so, folks, viewers, don't forget to listen, like and subscribe to the podcast. The digital magazine is available online and it's also available as a hard copy tomorrow morning in the shops. And sign up for your free digital magazine, which starts in April. Excellent. I'll be doing all of the above because I'm a long yes, time fan. And I'm so looking forward to seeing you up there on Friday, PG, so we can um, digest this weekend, great weekend of supercar racing. And we can go straight down to the Tickford team and get our cans of Monster and put them away for the betting for later in the year. Well, I'll let you in on a secret. I just bought some Monster and discount at the supermarket. I'll put them straight in the car so I can make the drive in one piece. Good for you. Of course, I yeah, I might get my Monster a little cheaper than uh, than uh, yeah. one of those other places. Work you take them out, or, or, or take them out of the fridge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, PG, thanks for your time. Um, we'll um, we'll be back next week for another edition of the Auto Action Rev Limiter. And as I said, don't forget to like and subscribe and tell us what you think. Yeah, thanks. and have a good time on the weekend. That was the Auto Action Rev Limiter. We'd love you to subscribe and like our podcast and leave some comments. You never know when we're giving something away or we'll use your thoughts to guide the show. And don't forget to get your copy of Auto Action, the digital version. It's out every second Wednesday night and the print version is available on Thursday wherever you buy your magazines. Thanks for listening and thanks for understanding.